Welcome to Teaching Channel Talks. I'm your host, Wendy Amato. Each episode, I sit down with a different expert educator to chat about everything to do with teaching. This week, I'm joined by Michelle Trujillo, a former principal and author of Start With the Heart, Igniting Hope in Schools Through Social and Emotional Learning. Michelle, thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me, Wendy. I'm so happy to spend time with you this morning. I'm going to jump right in with a tough question and ask you what educators should have at the top of their minds these days. Oh, that is a big question, Wendy. And, you know, I guess the first thing that comes to mind for me is well-being, their well-being and that of their students. Uh, as you know, we have been uh, through challenging times. And as we think about stepping into the next school year, uh, we've got to make sure that we are well ourselves. And I hope you and I get a chance to talk about what that looks like, um, because we've got to be well ourselves in order to really put our students in a situation where they can really optimize their learning and their opportunities to learn. I'm grateful that you're thinking about the teacher's well-being and the student's well-being as two different channels, uh, two areas of focus. And, and let's talk a little bit about what that looks like. Maybe we can focus on the teachers first. What does teacher well-being look like? I can tell you what teacher burnout looks like. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so many teachers can as they're looking, you know, right now we're approaching summer. And when we're in the middle of summer, we feel refreshed, renewed, relaxed. But teachers today, they're looking at next year and there's still so many unknowns that with those unknowns comes a bit of anxiety. So well-being really looks at um, being able to look within ourselves, take a deep breath and tackle what's in front of us one thing at a time, what's within our control. How do we teach our kids social emotional learning skills if we're not practicing ourselves this way of being? I often say to educators, it's not about what we do. It is about how we be. And then they look at me like I'm crazy because I'm speaking with educators and my grammar is off, but it's very intentional. When we think about self-care or adult SDL, it always seems like it's something more we have to do. It's another burden, it's more stress and can lead to that educator burnout that we hear so much about. But when we look at our state of being, how we be in the way that we interact in our own world with ourselves and with others, then that's just something that maybe we need to reframe our thinking about or change the way we do something that we're already doing to make it more efficient or to help it, you know, to, to do something in a way that better serves our own lives, as well as the lives of others. You talked about teachers who are wrapping up the year or transitioning into summer with some, some flexibility, but already looking ahead at next year's unknowns. And um, that, that uncertainty that's out there, it reminds me of the post-it note I wrote for myself when I was in teaching. I, I, I knew I needed to have that little reminder of why I had gone into the field of what the vocational calling was for me. And my post-it note said, I want 
to have things be unpredictable. And I, I don't want to do the same thing every day. And mm. that was a wonderful message for me to help accept the disruptions or yeah. to re rename them as the gift of education, because there are things that happen. You don't see it coming. <laughs> maybe, right. maybe we can have these messages for ourselves that help us rename some of the experiences we're having and make them friendly instead of scary. Good point, Wendy. That really brings to mind that it's all about perspective. And sometimes we have to, you know, have that stop moment to remind ourselves, I have two choices. I can look at this in a negative light, or I can look at it in a more positive light. And I get to choose into the way in which I perceive a situation. And, and I, I talk about positivity, uh, not being just words, it's also got to be action. I don't know if you've ever heard the quote that hope is not only a virtue, it is also a verb. And mm -hmm. so we've got to look at hope as an action that we take, a step that we take forward into the possibilities of a situation. I think a simple thing as educators that we can do in regard to reframing is just ask ourselves, what is possible in this situation? Instead of thinking about the things that just don't look uh, good, that, that are gonna cause more stress, just what is one thing that is possible in this situation? Michelle, people think about gestures of love and empathy and caring, things like hugs or a shoulder squeeze or a, um, yeah. some, some kind of contact. In many contexts, that's not allowed. How, yeah. do we, how do we offer alternative pathways for teachers to demonstrate that commitment and the caring that they feel so genuinely but can't demonstrate in a demonstrative, typical way? Oh, I'm so glad you asked because I am such a big proponent, always have been of kinesthetic connection, but we do know right now it's, it's not responsible, it's not safe as it was in the past. And, and sometimes even without a pandemic, it may not be appropriate. And so there are so many other ways that we can connect with each other emotionally and socially. One of the first things we've got to do, again, this is another reframing. Let's stop using the term social distancing mm -hmm. and start using the term physical distancing because that's what's responsible. Yeah. And let's make eye contact when it's appropriate, knowing that for some cultures, uh, some traditions, it's not. Uh, but in most cases, making eye contact says, I see you. I want to connect with you. We can also get down at someone's eye level for working with younger students to be able to take a knee so that we're at their same level, even if we're separated by six feet, to say, I'm here, I see you, and I want to connect with you. We can also connect physically with something that our students or our colleagues are connected to. So if if they're at a desk and we set our hand, you know, we get down at their eye level and, and touch their desk with our hand to show I'm, I'm reaching towards you without touching you to make this connection. It seems like a little thing, but it makes a really big difference. Um, I also think it's so important to consider, especially if masks are still an issue and we don't know if they will be or if they won't be, and it may depend on your district or your community, 
But sometimes we have to articulate, hey, I want you to know I am smiling so big right now, even though you can't see my smile. I want it to come through my eyes, but if you can't tell, you need to know. So we almost have to be more intentional about using our words to articulate what we're feeling. That's a way to connect it when we can't do so physically or kinesthetically. I love that. Just being clear about how, how you feel sharing your feelings. Yes. And you know, Michelle, maybe even it's a nice thing for teachers to think about sharing feelings that aren't on the positive side to acknowledge how normal it is to have some worry or, um, or some concerns. Maybe, maybe part of being a good model about SEL is recognizing the whole range of feelings that human beings have. Absolutely. I mean, that's the, the whole idea of starting with adults when it comes to SEL is we've got to model for our students. And it's so important when we think about feelings to be able to share with our students that feelings are not good or bad. They just are. Oftentimes kids think, well, if I'm angry, I'm going to get in trouble. Or if I, I, I don't want someone to know I'm sad because, well, here's the deal. We all have feelings. We all experience them. And obviously, we need to keep in mind as teachers that we always want to, to help, not harm. And so we have to be careful sometimes when we bring up opportunities for kids to check in with their feelings or when we share our feelings. Uh, be aware of that. Be aware that you want to have a school social worker, counselor on hand if if some if a, if a child is upset and we want to redirect that and help them to use that feeling so that it, it you know opens the door for learning but for us to be able to come in and say you know students i am feeling a little stressed right now and i just want you to know that because it's a really normal feeling let's talk together about what do you do when you're feeling a little bit of stress in your life I mean, what a lesson that is. What kinds of signs should we be on the lookout for? How, how can we recognize signs that our students may have some particular concerns? Mm, that's a great question, Wendy. And you've got to remember, we've, it, it goes back to building relationships. So we won't recognize signs if we don't know our kids. Mm -hmm. We've got to really take time to get to know our students. That's got to come even before academics, regardless of how much instruction has been lost. So a student that is typically outgoing and very participatory in their, in their contribution to conversation, if that student, for whatever reason on a given day, is, is very quiet, very um, looks very sad. That's, that's obvious, right? We know when a typical behavior changes, that's a red flag. So a student that's, you know, gregarious, who's all of a sudden quiet, or a student who's quiet that comes to, to class really rebellious and angry, um, those are red flags. It's really important that we are aware, and this, you know, again, comes back to SEL. We have to have our own self-awareness. When do we want to talk to a student about something with the whole class so everyone can learn from each other? And when do we need to acknowledge that, gosh, I'm feeling a little red flag here with this student that he's going through a hard time or she's going through a hard time. And I want to stop after class and take time to say, how can I help? 
what do you need? I just want you to know I'm here with you and there's a support system at this school that we can access. So let's walk through this together. One of my favorite things to do when I was a middle school principal, you know, you do your sidewalk duty and you see the kids coming in in the morning and sometimes you can tell right, right away that something's not quite right for a student. I loved stopping into first period class and just leaning in and saying, excuse me, Mr. So-and-so, could I please borrow Michelle for a moment? I need some yes. help. And I would say, I need some help. And so little Michelle would come out to the hallway with me and I would just say, I noticed this morning X, Y, Z, and just wanted to check and see if, if, if you're fine or if you need anything. And, mm -hmm. and that was it, just a private moment. The halls were empty then because class was in and yes. I had set up the expectation that that uh, that you, Michelle, had come out to help me. And so there was sort of right. some, some cool points were, were granted yeah. there. And, uh, and it was just a nice quiet moment and uh, made, a, made a contact and maintained that relationship that's so important. I think that maybe we, we should remind ourselves, you talked about establishing relationships and letting that be a priority before instruction. And so I, I unapologetically would take two minutes of a student's class time to, to, to connect with them, not when a teacher's giving directions. <laughs> right. Well, and that's, you, that's a beautiful example, Wendy, and I'm so glad you shared that. I also think, you know, teachers can use, there are little things that teachers can do as they check in in the beginning of the day. Mm -hmm. and, and this is an in-the-person idea, uh, but it's something that I think is valuable information that sets teachers up to be able to do what you just did. And that's a, a rating scale of, you know, you, you determine with your students um, how to identify how you're doing today as you step in to the classroom. If, if I'm a five, that means I'm having a good day. I woke up feeling grateful and I'm excited to be at school. That's a five. If I'm a one, gosh, I had a tough night and things are hard at home and I don't really want to be here today. And what I would do is I would have my students hold their fist close to their chest, mm -hmm. but no one else got to see their number. And I just say, hey, show me your numbers today. And then they'd be able to show and I could do a quick glance. And obviously you need to set up your classroom and it's easier now with our protocols with the pandemic, you set up your classroom so that so that students are only, um, you know, it's a private showing. Mm -hmm. Only they know what they're showing. Um, if you have kids in a circle, you can have them hold their hand behind their back if they're facing each other and you walk around the circle. Mm -hmm. And that way you get to have information to know, gosh, I'm going to need to check in with this student who showed a one at the end of the day, but also I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just handle with care today. Mm -hmm. Be aware that they're having a tough time. Sometimes just that awareness helps us. I love that. Even an exit ticket, depending on the on the grade level and the self-awareness yes. of the students, an exit ticket might be an opportunity for a student to write you a, a little note, letting yeah. you know how they're doing. If you don't have journals going or other, other um, asynchronous communication, then we can create that for them. Those are great. Michelle, other thoughts on this important topic? Well, you know, you, you ask about what can we be looking for? And I, it just occurred to me that there are little things like uh, having what you need to be successful, having a pencil, having a backpack. Um, are, are my clothes clean or dirty? There are so many challenges that families have gone through over these last several months that we need to be mindful and watchful of 
things that are different with, with our students in that regard. Being able to provide for them if necessary. Our communities have done a great job of providing support for families. And we can reach out uh, from the school site to say, hey, I have a kid who I think's in need or a family who I think's in need. That's a red flag, flag that we can be mindful of. That's great. Michelle, you describe yourself as a forever teacher, and I describe myself as a lifelong learner, but I think we're cut from the same cloth, and I'm grateful for that. Me too, Wendy. I've really enjoyed this time with you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you for joining me, Michelle. And to you, all educators, thank you for joining us. You can find the links that Michelle and I discussed in the show notes or at teachingchannel.com slash podcast. Michelle and I will be hosting a free webinar. It's on June 18th. We hope you'll join us. Save your seat at teachingchannel.com slash start hyphen with hyphen heart. The best way to support this show is to leave a rating or review on your podcast app. That helps more educators to find us and we really appreciate it. We'll see you soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. 